You're listening to the Black Sheep Talks podcast. My name is Karina Greco, and I am your host. I am an online coach, writer, storyteller, speaker, and podcast host. My mission is to help others manifest a life of travel, adventure, and financial freedom. I created this podcast as a platform that allows for raw and authentic conversations to be the norm. I will be diving into all sorts of topics, including manifestation, mindset, self-love, healing, personal growth, spirituality, relationships, travel, the super yacht industry, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I am passionate about sharing the life lessons that I've learned and how certain experiences have helped me grow and evolve in this lifetime. My aim is to inspire you to dive deep into your own personal growth and manifest a life you love too. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hello, hello, and welcome back to today's episode of the Black Sheep Talks. My name is Karina, and I am your host, and you are listening to the Personal Development Series every single Friday, where right now, currently, I am talking about my plant medicine experience these last few months living here in Tulum, Mexico, and the reason why I'm talking about this in the first place, if you haven't listened to any of the episodes, is because my goal is to really share my learnings and lessons and integrations with you in hopes that maybe you can resonate, relate, or apply it into your life and benefit yourself. So this is really my passion with this whole podcast that I've created is to get these messages out and always have like a lesson within them, right? It's not just me speaking into the microphone to talk about my life and myself, but for the purpose of creating these raw and vulnerable conversations so that you can learn something from them. So if you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes, I talked about a lot of my different ceremony experiences from mushrooms to peyote to San Pedro. And today we're going to be diving into my ayahuasca experience. So the very first ayahuasca ceremony that I sat in a few months ago now. And I really want to give you guys a background first on what is ayahuasca and how I prepared for it and why I even did it, right? So before I even get into anything, I want to give you guys an overview because I know that a lot of you probably have heard of ayahuasca if you are in the spiritual community or maybe it's something that's new for you. And again, I always say at the start of every episode, I am by no means telling anybody that they should or shouldn't do plant medicine, right? This is just my opinion, my experience. So if this is something that interests you and you want to do it, I would suggest definitely doing some research first because it is a huge decision to do something like drinking the ayahuasca, right? So it's not just like your regular Friday night where you're like, I'm going to go and have a beer or go for a cocktail, right? Ayahuasca preparation, it's a whole ordeal. And, you know, it's not something to be taken lightly and it's something to do research for. So I would recommend actually reading the book, The Cosmic Serpent, which is a really good read all about the history and science behind ayahuasca. So if you want to read that, I'll put that link in the show notes for you. And the benefits of drinking ayahuasca, I will get into that as well. But first, let me just explain what it is. So you guys have probably heard stories of people traveling to foreign countries like Peru to take ayahuasca, which is a psychoactive brew. So we've been talking about plant medicines and all these plant medicines have, you know, psychedelic 
qualities in them, right? So they put you in this sense of this other state of where you go into this trip, right? And it's like taking mushrooms. If you've taken mushrooms before, right, it alters your sense of reality. So you kind of go from like the 3D, which is what we live in as humans, right, awake to another realm or dimension in a sense when you take a psychedelic. So ayahuasca has a lot of positive effects on health and there's a lot of reasons why people do it. But let's first talk about what it actually is. So it's known as the tea, the vine, and it's a brew that's made from the leaves of the Psychotria viridis shrub, along with the stalks of the Banisteriopsis capi vine. So apologies if I said that right, but they're like really long words. <laughs> and these ingredients mixed together, you know, form this brew that people drink. And this drink has been used for thousands of years for spiritual and religious purposes by ancient Amazonian tribes. And it's still used as a sacred beverage by some religious communities in Brazil, North America. And of course, you know, even in Mexico, where I am now, there's a lot of shamans that work around here and shamans that are actually coming from these places like in Peru and Brazil to create these ceremonial experiences and bring the ayahuasca with them. So traditionally, a shaman is an experienced healer who leads these ayahuasca ceremonies, right? It's not just like Joe next door who's going to like brew you the cup and give it to you. And if anything like that exists and you hear of that happening, please don't go to those kind of ceremonies because those are the kind of ceremonies that are probably dangerous and that is where things actually go wrong, right? Because like I said, this isn't something that you just do on a Friday night. This is something you want to do with a proper shaman who has years of experience, who has been taught how to administer this drink passed down from his you know, lineage from his ancestors, him or she, right? It could be a male or a woman that is um, a shaman as well. So the ayahuasca ceremony, obviously this brew is prepared and the brew is boiled by the torn leaves of the shrubs and the stalks of the vine in water. So it's all brewed together. It's smashed together before being boiled to increase that extraction of its medicinal compounds. And when the brew is like reduced, the water is then removed, reserved, and leaving behind this plant material. And this process is repeated until like a highly concentrated liquid is produced. And then once it's cooled, the brew is strained to remove any impurities. So this is like a whole process of how it's made. It's actually really complex. And the Psychotria viridis the shrub contains DMT, which is a psychedelic substance that occurs naturally in the plant. And of course, we probably all know DMT. We've heard of it. It's a powerful hallucinogenic chemical. And, you know, this is what causes you to have these visions and these psychedelic experiences, right? It affects the um, inhibitors in our brain. And yeah, it produces these psychoactive effects. So, why do people even take ayahuasca, right? So we talked about how it's used. It's been used in these traditions um, worldwide by different populations. Um, but the main way is that people seek this as a way to open their minds, heal from their past traumas, or simply experience an ayahuasca journey. But saying that, it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to do this for fun. It isn't fun, right? It's a whole 
process of work, right? It's hard work. Um, and I'll get into why it is hard work and you'll see if you have, you have no idea why. So, right, it's like I said, really recommended that you take it with someone that is experienced uh, with a shaman because they know how to hold the space for this. Um, this ayahuasca trip leads to an altered states of consciousness that lasts for many hours, like six to eight hours, right? So if you've ever taken acid, which I actually haven't, um, a lot of people say like, you know, it's similar to that. Well, it's very different, of course, like I have no um, comparison because like I said, I haven't taken acid, but um, I know that it's definitely not something like that you do for fun, like you would do with acid, right? So that's the difference. And many people travel to countries like Peru, Costa Rica, Brazil, where multi-day ayahuasca retreats are offered that are led by these experienced sh um, shamans, shamans who prepare and brew and monitor all the participants for safety. So I'm actually planning to do a retreat um, later on this year and go to Peru because I'm really called to sit with the Shipibo tribe. And I'm actually going to be sitting um, with the tribe today. So as you're listening to this episode, um, I'm going to be doing another ceremony here in Tulum. Um, there are a lot of amazing healers that come to Tulum from different parts of the world. Um, my first shaman that I've sat with in the previous episodes is Mexican, and they have been taught by the tribes in the Amazon. And you know, here now I'm actually going to get to sit with somebody who is from that tribe. So I'm really, really excited for that. And yeah, before I get into like how I prepared and stuff, um, you know, I just want to say again, this is something that you should definitely research on your own and, you know, not just do because I'm saying that it's cool to do or that you should do to become healed and enlightened. It's something that you should really feel the call for. And I'm going to talk about the call now. So why did I even decide to do ayahuasca, right? So I have been actually feeling the call for ayahuasca for like many years now. I've known about it for a few years, um, just from like reading books, being in the personal development space, following a lot of highly influential people who have built like multi-million dollar businesses, who a lot of them have taken ayahuasca and have done this, and this has helped them in their personal life, in their business. So for me, it was coming from that standpoint. Like I really want to do the psychedelic medicine because I want to, you know, get some guidance, get some answers and really, um, you know, be shown that, you know, what, what is on like where I am meant to be on my path. So that was my reason behind taking ayahuasca is I really wanted to get some guidance, some wisdom, and of course, like achieve more spiritual enlightenment. I've always been really spiritual, probably since I was a teenager, you know, high school. That's when I really found myself starting to connect with nature. I always loved to be outside. I mean, I was raised as a Catholic school girl. So I always felt like, you know, I did believe in this higher power. And I did know that there was something greater than me, but I never really agreed with like the church and the dogmatic practices of it. I steered away from that when I got into my twenties, you know, after I graduated high school and I didn't have to go to church and pray, I started to connect with myself more spiritually by going outdoors, hiking, being in nature. So I was always very in tune with being present and being connected to earth. So 
you know, my spiritual kind of awakening started when I was quite young. And especially when I turned 22 and I moved to Australia, broke up with my high school sweetheart, you know, left all of my kind of life behind and started living in this place where I was so connected to nature. I was surfing, I was hiking, I was really like learning to um, love to do yoga and hike and, and all of these things. So I really started to kind of grow and evolve from that point in my life. And it's funny, I actually saw a clairvoyant when I was like 22 in Australia. And I remember he told me all of these messages from the universe. Like it wasn't like a fortune teller kind of thing where he was like, oh yeah, you're gonna, you know, win a million dollars or anything like that. It was just like more messages. And it was really interesting. I'll actually probably do a separate episode on this one day, but all of those messages have come true for me, most of them now. And it's pretty crazy because you know, at the time I wasn't really that spiritual and I actually, you know, found spiritual people really triggering, um, like people that were really like, you know, like hippies, like with dreadlocks living like, you know, just like these mantras and, and you know what I'm talking about, like the really, the really, really spiritual people. And I found this really annoying. So I actually just was always like, I'm not associated with that. or I'm not really associated with religion. I kind of was just like in this in between for the longest time where like, I was like, I don't really believe in God. I don't, I don't go to church. I'm also like annoyed with like the overly spiritual. I was in this like sort of limbo of, yeah, like I can't even describe it. So it's funny, like as the years went on and as I got older throughout my 20s, I kind of evolved and became more and more spiritual. So I probably had like my second spiritual awakening probably last year when I turned 28. It was like this big shift. And it's funny, but we have these cycles that happen every like seven to eight years, um, seven years really. So when I was like 21, before I left, I had this huge awakening, this huge shift of like, I need to do something more. And when I came to Australia, that's when I really started to like find myself and, you know, transform and become this new person. And the same thing happened when I was 28, when I, you know, was like, okay, I'm getting ready to exit yachting. I'm ready to build my own business. And all of these transformations were happening, especially with like my relationships and my self-love. Um, I really felt like all of these things were transforming or starting to transform in my life. And going back to ayahuasca and why it's kind of been at the forefront of my mind, right? Like I said, I was listening to all of these different people who had experiences with it. I've been doing my research on it. And I honestly thought like, I'm not going to be ready probably for like five years. I was like, this is something I'm going to do like way later on, like when I'm, you know, so spiritually enlightened and all of these things, blah, blah, blah. Like I was just like, I have so much work to do that I'm not there yet. And that's what I, I how I kind of felt about it. And of course, there's different reasons why people decide to drink ayahuasca, go sit in a ceremony, right? There's people who really know that they have deep, intense healing they want to do, and that's what they go do it for. Then maybe there's other people who have like, you know, really bad, um, like something happening in their life where they're like an addict or, you know, they know that they have to change something in their life. Or maybe there's just someone that's curious, right? Who's curious and feels the call and, you know, is on the path to their spiritual enlightenment. So I was probably like 
in between those, like, you know, I knew that I had some healing to do. I knew that I had all these like ancestral traumas and wounds and especially how I talked about in the last episodes of, you know, just the way that things were kind of unfolding for me in my life. Um, a lot of failed relationships, a lot of toxic relationships, attracting emotionally unavailable men, attracting friends in the past that were competitive, insecure, jealous, um, you know, having drama in my life, even like talking about, you know, the yachting episodes and how I had coworkers that created drama in my life too. Like this all was happening because of like the inner work that I was neglecting to do. And so I started to do this inner work really like a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, I've always been really reflective. I've always been someone that's journaled, somebody that's, you know, been really self-aware of what I have to do. And like, I always look at life as a way of like, like seeing life as a journey and going, okay, what does this person, this experience have to teach me? And I like to see people as like, they come into our lives for a reason, a season or a lifetime, right? We all have those people that, family, really close friends that are just always in our life. And there are other people who maybe just come into our life for a reason to teach us a lesson, right? Or a season just for like this time here and now, whether it's good or bad. So I've always been very reflective like that. And this is why I was always really drawn to doing plant medicines because I'm like, I have been doing this inner work. I have been, you know, reflecting on my patterns and the type of people I attract into my life and the things that are happening to me and all of these kind of things. And I just knew that going to sit in ceremony was going to open up my mind more, was going to give me some messages of wisdom, some downloads. And I was really seeking that, especially like, Two months ago when I was like creating my program and launching my program, I was in the beginning of my launch, right? A month in with the girls in my program. And as well, I was ready feeling like I was ready to create something new as well. Like I knew that I wanted to uncover some more of like what is really my true purpose? What what am I really here on this earth to do? And I have all these ideas, these things that I want to do and, you know, I just wanted all of this guidance. And after doing peyote and San Pedro and mushrooms, I started to feel the sense of clarity come through for me, right? With the previous episodes where I told you guys that I started to uncover what was really going on in my life. And, you know, in the last episode, San Pedro, I was, I did that ceremony 10 days before my ayahuasca ceremony. And I had met amazing, um, beautiful friends in there who decided they wanted to do ayahuasca as well. And they asked me if I had known anyone. And I said, well, actually, I've been speaking to the shaman for months now, right? The shaman outside of Tulum, who is Mexican, and he's trained and worked with um, the tribe in the Amazon. So I knew he was legit. I had met a lot of people in Tulum who had sat with him so I felt very trusting of it. And I said, well, he's actually having a ceremony like next week. I still don't know if I'm ready to go, right? Because at this point, I was constantly like making excuses. Like, I'm not ready yet. Um, you know, I have this going on. I have that going on. It's just too fast. Um, you know, I'm not prepared. And I always said, like, I'll go to the next one. I'll go to the next one. But like for the longest time, probably like for years I've known about it, but for really the last like six months or even a year, I kept just getting these like signs from the universe that I was meant to go sit in ceremony, right? To any influential person I listened to, um, 
you know, especially as well, Catherine Zankina, her podcast, I love her podcast. She talks openly about her plant medicine experience and she inspired me to do the same on here because I think it's so beneficial for others to be able to listen to something like this if they're on the same journey and they're thinking about doing it and they want to get some, you know, kind of background on it and see what other people are doing and how it's worked for them. I think it's really inspirational to kind of give this sort of education on it. So yeah, it all just kind of started to arise for me, right? These signs that like, okay, Karina, you're ready. So I got this call, right? And I talked about the call. You really need to feel a call, right? It's not something that you just go and sit and do, like I said, and I'm going to keep stressing that because I've had a lot of friends that have reached out to me and said, hey, Karina, like, how do I know that I'm ready to go, right? And maybe they just like heard about it yesterday. And I'm like, okay, well, what are your intentions of going to ceremony, right? Why do you want to do this? Like, don't do this just because your friend's doing it and because they think it's cool, right? It's not just like the new drug on the street or like the party to go to Friday night. This is a serious ceremony where you have to be ready to do some serious work. Um, and I'm not saying that lightly, right? Because I'll talk about what that means in a second. So yeah, my calling was that I felt this like deep inner knowing. I was like, I just know it's ready, right? My signs from the universe kept popping up. Um, the boys that I met at San Pedro, you know, pushed me to do it. They opened up my heart. They allowed me to feel vulnerable and comfortable in front of them to share my like traumas and wounding from men in my life. And, you know, that wounding also comes from like my father abandoning me and then how that's transmuted into all of my relationships. So I was really aware that I had these things to work through, right? And being this aware allowed me to feel a lot more comfortable to go into ceremony, right? To feel like I'm ready to receive the messages of wisdom, guidance, and to do this work. So when you feel that call, that's what it is for you. Like you just know you have this pull. You're like, I am ready to go, right? The fear is still going to be there because, you know, as human beings, we're always going to be afraid. We're always fearful of something that is unknown, uncertain, scary. Um, like who wouldn't be? And that fear never goes away, right? Like I'm about to go sit in a ceremony um, today as I record this and, you know, I am obviously like I'm not scared, but I have this like nervous excitement, of course, right? Because like I know I'm going to be okay, but it's still like, you know, you're never going to get past those feelings of feeling a bit nervous of what are the lessons I'm going to learn this time, like the hard work that I'm going to do. So really, that is my why, guys. Like my why, I know that was like a long and winded explanation, but I really wanted to give you a background on like me knowing that I am on my healing journey and I'm really, really self-aware of the things I have to work through, but I'm also open to receive other messages. Maybe there are other things I have to work on that I don't even know because the thing with ayahuasca, she is a really, really strong spirit, right? Mother ayahuasca is the spirit that is that shows up to us, um, you know, when we drink the ayahuasca. And like a mother, she is hard on you. She's strong. She teaches you a lesson. So she can teach you 
you know, something that you're not even aware of. So a lot of the times people sit in these ceremonies and they uncover um, traumatic events or, you know, things, memories that they repressed, right? Like maybe, you know, being abused or sexually assaulted or, you know, violated as a kid. Like those are memories that can come up that you don't even know about, right? Um, So it could be the form of anything. And it's not just like a dark trauma. It could also be like a lot of good and light that comes out of it, right? Everyone's experience is different. So my experience that I'm going to tell you guys in the next episodes, like don't think just because this happened to me, it's going to happen to you. Like everybody's experience is so, so different. And again, like really you need to know if you feel the call to go sit in this because it's not something to be taken lightly right? Like San Pedro, peyote as well. Like you want to do that in a ceremonial state, but it's not as an intensive experience as drinking the ayahuasca is because of the DMT that is inside of this plant. Um, It is really, really powerful. And I'm not saying that lightly. So let's get into going from my why and why I did it. Of course, like, you know, my healing journey, my spiritual enlightenment, all of that. How I prepared for it is, you know, I obviously was in touch with the shamans. I asked them how I'd have to prepare and to know that you have like a good shaman, you really want to make sure that they are telling you to be on a dieta because a dieta is really important. And what a dieta is, is pretty much like a healthy diet. So if you're somebody who eats a lot of, you know, bad processed food, high sugars, and a lot of meat, right? I would suggest to do like your dieta for a month because to really clean out your system, to maybe even do like a cleanse, something before you go drink this. Because the reason for doing the dieta, there's like a couple reasons. So one is like a spiritual reason because you really want to like clear your body, allow the plant um, to really work its way through you. Because when you drink it, it's going to go through your blood, through your veins and you know, if you have any toxins in your body from the food that you consume, then it's going to alter that substance, right? It's not going to allow your body to receive it in the best way. And for those spiritual respectful reasons, you want to respect the plant and allow it to do that. And then the second one is like for your health reasons, right? There's certain foods that could trigger the um, DMT inside and actually like have an adverse effect. So if you've ever heard of those like horror stories where people might have heart attacks or they might die taking this, right? Usually those stories are accompanied by people who didn't follow the diet. They are very unhealthy. They, you know, um, did it with someone that wasn't a proper shaman. It wasn't a safe space. So those are like when things can go bad, right? It's like anything, right? If you're not doing it in an intentional way, in a proper way, like it could, of course, cause adverse effects. So the dieta is like this pretty much. Um, You know, you can do it for up to a month to two weeks is recommended. I do a week, right? Because I'm pretty much, I'm pescatarian. I'm pretty much eat mostly vegan, sometimes eat fish. So I'm kind of like vegan pescatarian. And, you know, I don't eat dairy really, apart from the odd ice cream every once in a while. And I don't drink alcohol, right? So I haven't drank alcohol in almost a year. And I'm going to actually talk about that in one episode of why I decided to stop drinking. And um, I don't eat meat. So I don't eat any red meat, pork, anything like that. So The rule is for like a week, you need to abstain from alcohol, from sex, and the sex includes like all types of sex, like 
in the forms of with partner or with yourself, um, just because you want to keep your energy really high for you to be able to receive the plant and have the spirit work through you because she's going to be taking a lot of your energy. So you don't want to release any of that sacral energy through sex, right? Um, so that is one reason. And then alcohol, of course, can inhibit and, you know, any drugs, synthetic drugs are also told not to be taken for at least a week. So like no smoking weed, none of that, but you can do other plants. So like if you do peyote or mushrooms, you can do that before. Um, and then of course, like three days before is where it gets really strict. Like you can't have any pork, red meats, or even like red tuna. You can still eat fish, but it's really recommended to try to go vegan, vegetarian if you can. No dairy, no salt, no pepper, nothing spicy, no onions, no garlic, no citrus fruits. So like the diet sounds really strict, right? You're like, wow, like what do I eat? So I'll tell you what I eat pretty much for a week. I make brown rice. I roast a bunch of veggies like broccoli, carrots, um, you know, any of those good kind of veggies, put them in the oven, literally just use coconut oil, no spices, no salt. And honestly, it tastes so good. I realized like, wow, I don't even need to like put spices on my veggies. They just taste amazing. And I put that into the brown rice. Um, I have some like avo with it. Um, and then I, you know, put a bunch of lentils for protein. I make a bunch of lentils and, you know, you can have beans as well just anything that's vegan, right? So that's pretty much what I eat for lunch, like every single day for a week before. Um, every morning I have like overnight oats that I put, like I make sure I get proper um, proper oats, not just like those quick oats or Quaker oats. Like I get proper Bob's Red Mill um, organic oats because I want like the healthiest food to always enter my body. And I eat this every day. This is not just for Aya ceremony. This is how I eat my breakfast every day. I have overnight oats with chia seeds, a bit of cinnamon. You don't want to put too much cinnamon because it's a little bit of spice. And, you know, I, I use that with, make that with almond milk or coconut milk. And then I chop some banana, a bunch of berries, um, apple, whatever, like a lot of fruit. So a lot of fruit, a lot of veggies is really recommended before the ceremony. So that's pretty much my diet. And then for dinner, I'll have like a, a smoothie. Normally I put vegan protein powder, but I kind of eliminate the protein powder three days before. So that way I'm not having anything processed in my body. And I literally just put like almond milk, a bunch of berries and fruits, banana, um, and, you know, avocado. And like, that's it. Like I literally, that's what I eat. So it's kind of like a cleansing diet. And I honestly love it. I'm like, I do this anyway. Like I literally have the overnight oats and the protein shake every single day. Um, and I make like veggies and, and, um, sweet potato or rice. And sometimes I have fish, but the only thing I eliminate is the fish for that week, just because I really want to like for spiritual reasons, be like as vegan as I can. So that's what I do. And that is what I recommend for the diet if you are going to do this. And of course, like look things up, research, um, ask your shaman what they recommend, and they'll always tell you. So that's how I prepared. And then also you need to bring with you to the ceremony, like similar to what I said in the peyote, like a yoga mat, a pillow, um, a bucket, but they usually provide you a bucket. And I'll get into why you need a bucket in a second. And, you know, a, 
a comfy blanket, comfy clothes, bug spray, whatever is going to make you feel comfortable. And I always bring like a couple fruits to have at the end of the ceremony because you're going to be exhausted and tired. So preparing for that, you know, it's a spiritual, it's a mental thing. It's setting intentions. It's journaling before. It's writing down like, why am I even doing this, right? Like, what are my intentions? And I'll read you guys my intentions in a second, but let me get to why you want to bring a bucket. And this is what's going to go into like the work that I'm talking about of why I say ayahuasca is not just something you do on a Friday night. It is literally work in the sense that when you take this plan and it starts working through you, it is going to affect you in certain ways, right? The DMT is going to work through. It's going to alter your mind. It's going to allow you, get you to see visuals, to enter this new realm. And the spirit, Mother Ayahuasca, is going to essentially take over your body um, in the sense that she's going to be working through you in the form of releasing anything that you need to release. So if you have any sort of traumas or you know healing that you must do, this might come out in the form of you purging. And purging can look like throwing up. It could look like having to run to the bathroom. Most people, they just throw up. Um, and I definitely threw up in this first ceremony. And I'll tell you guys how that happened um, in the next episode. And as well, it can happen in the form of like yawning or even some people like can have like orgasms or be like moaning or like it just comes out in different ways. And I know this sounds really strange. If you've never sat in an ayahuasca ceremony, you're like, wow, like this sounds really weird. But everyone is taking this together and we're all creating this like circle and safe space where we're allowed to do this work and have this healing happen for us. And then of course, the people who are facilitating it, the shaman and the other healers are going to be walking around, helping you if you need help, you know, checking on you, giving you like things to make you comfortable and all of that kind of stuff. So I'll get into more of like what happened in that first ceremony when I drank the first cup and like how I prepared for it and all of that. But yeah, that's pretty much why you need a bucket. You need to be prepared to do that hard work. So know that going into it, it could be, you know, it could look different from everyone. Some people don't purge. Some people might just have a really blissful experience. And, you know, I definitely had to do the hard work, right? So, and I know like most people also experience that as well, but it's not something to be feared, right? Because Yes, it could feel painful and that hard work that people want to avoid, like who wants to be throwing up and feeling pain, but coming out of it on the other end and like feeling that sense of bliss and enlightenment is really the beauty of it and the reason why we take this medicine. It makes you feel more connected with source, with the divine, knowing that there is something greater than us really you know, working through us as a spirit. And it it could be a really beautiful and humbling experience to just make us feel really, really connected with earth, with the divine, with the universe and all of that. So I told you guys why I decided to take ayahuasca. I told you guys how I prepared for it. And yeah, that's all I really wanted to say for today in this episode. And next time I come back, I'm going to be telling you guys about, you know, what happened after I drank the first cup. So I'll tell you like the whole journey up, how I was like preparing, how I was like, you know, getting myself ready for it. But I'll read before we go just like a few intentions that I wrote down. 
So my intentions were like similar to the ones I had in my peyote ceremony where I said like, I really want to let go of all my fears, limiting beliefs and doubts that I have about my self-worth and my business. And I want to heal my trauma with men, forgive all my ancestral karma with men and my father and, you know, free myself of that. So I knew that I had this work to do, like I said. And then what I wanted to intentionally bring into my life is I want to show up as my highest self that is capable of manifesting multiple millions in her soul line business so that I can help others while creating a life that also brings me pure happiness and freedom. And I want to manifest my dream life partner and heal myself by stepping into the goddess that I know I am. So those were like my intentions. And I really went into the ceremony just open and not having any expectations because that's the number one thing you should never have is expectations. And on the way up to the ceremony, we were like in the shuttle. Um, you know, it was kind of nice to feel like, okay, I'm with people. We're all in this together. We're all on this journey going to discover ourselves and to heal ourselves, which is really beautiful. And once I got there, you know, I'll talk about this in the next episode, but it was like a whole ceremony that unfolded and it was so beautiful to be a part of. So stay tuned for that, guys, and I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening until the end. I am so grateful to have you a part of this journey with me. If you resonated with this episode, then please share this on your Instagram story and tag me at The Black Sheep Travels so that I can say a massive thank you and show you my appreciation. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. Please share this with your friends or anyone you know that would enjoy this podcast. If you're interested in finding out more about me or how we can work together, then please visit my website, www.theblacksheeptravels.com. You can also subscribe to my email list so that you can stay in the loop for podcast drops, blogs, freebies, info about my coaching packages, my ebook, and upcoming courses and books. Thank you so much for listening until the end. I am so grateful to have you here.